angels sing glory to the newborn king peace on earth and mercy mild god and sinners reconciled joyful all ye nations rise join the triumph of the skies with angelic hosts proclaim Christ is born in Bethlehem hark the herald angels sing glory to the newborn Glory to the newborn King, glory of, glory to the newborn King. Christ, by highest heaven adored, Christ the
It's wonderful to see you all today. You can have a seat if you like for a moment. Merry Christmas. All right, what a wonderful thing that we get to celebrate today as we come into this place and we remember that God chose to humble himself, to leave his throne in heaven and to make himself man and to dwell among us, to be Emmanuel, God with us. And so there's, there's no more of the great guessing as to what God is like because we have this beautiful picture of who he is in Jesus Christ, a God that cares so much about you and I that he would send his son to live and to die so that you and I could have eternal life, born to give us a second birth. Isn't that awesome? What a wonderful gift that we celebrate this morning. And we certainly hope uh, this morning that you get a glimpse of his glory and his majesty as we sing these songs, as we take time to remember him. We hope that you are truly blessed. We're so glad to have you, especially guests, those of you in with family. We're so happy to have you here. Glad that you can be here with your families today. And if you are a visitor, we're especially happy to have you. Uh, we want you to know that you are our honored guest, that, that we are so glad you're here. We have. We would love for you to stop by the Welcome Center. We have a gift for you there. If you have any questions for us, they can be answered there as well. But if you would, if you would take your bulletin and open that up this morning on the inside, there is a connecting card. If you would fill that out, we would sure appreciate that. Uh, we would love to be able to keep up keep you up to date on all the different things that are happening here at Parkview, as well as uh, there's a place in there for prayer requests. So if you have anything that's heavy on your heart this morning as you enter this Christ, uh, Christmas season, we want to be able to lift that up in prayer with you through this. So um, if you fill those out, you can place those in the uh, offering plate when it comes by later in the service, or you can place them in the uh, uh, white boxes as you exit the great room. You can also do it online. If you're visiting us online, you can do that as well. Just click the link and you can fill that out. So thank you so much. Uh, we're going to go to God in prayer. And then afterwards, we're going to have a minute just to greet one another, to say hello. And, uh, and then we'll get back into our service this morning. Let's pray. God, our Father, you are... You're just amazing, God. There, all of our words, all of our descriptions of you just fall so short when we try to describe your majesty, when we try to talk about your love and your grace and your mercy and, and your power and all of these things, Lord. We just, uh, all of our description just isn't quite enough, Lord. And we, we thank you for that, Lord, that you're such an awesome God that we can't justly describe you. And uh, we're grateful, Father, that you love us that deeply, uh, that, uh, that you would give Jesus. And we celebrate you this morning, and we thank you for him. We offer uh, our praise up to you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, take a moment to greet one another, and then when you hear the music, come on back and join us.
morning Merry Christmas it's it's hard for me to believe that it's Christmas Eve already we've been talking about Christmas for a few weeks our sermon leading up to this point we've been discussing what it is for us to 
focus specifically on, on the presence of Jesus, to, to get through all of, the, all of the overwhelming details, all of the stress that goes with the holiday, all of the layers of, of things that consume us at Christmas time, so that we can take time to rest in the presence of Jesus. This year, things have been a little different around our house. There are no lights on the outside of our house this year. I know that's a big deal. You know us. You know we love Christmas. There's some decorations on the porch. I didn't, I didn't get on a ladder. I didn't put up lights along like I usually do. And, and it's different. It feels different. But it was just another thing to get done in the midst of a lot of other things that we were doing. And we decided, you know what? Let's, let's, let's be okay with less. It's Christmas Eve. I already have all of the gifts purchased and wrapped. Can you believe that? That I wrapped everything already. Now, usually I'm up late Christmas Eve night wrapping gift after gift. And I, and it, I wake up on Christmas morning and I'm just exhausted. I'm a wreck. Got a cup of coffee. I'm dozing off while people are unwrapping gifts. It's terrible. But, but we've been talking this year specifically about what, what it means for us to do the things we need to do to rest in his presence, to, to get the preparations done, to get things finished early so that when families together, when friends are together for Christmas, we can together honor the Lord. We can together focus our hearts and minds on him instead of all the stuff that needs to get done. So took my own advice this year. And, and what I'm experiencing now is the joy of just being able to acknowledge the Lord, of having, having some time to sit and to work through my own thoughts and to declutter my, what's going on inside and, and allow the Lord to work in my heart and in my mind. And, and celebrate with my family the meaning of Christmas as we, as we think about Jesus coming into this world. God with us. A baby boy wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger. This incredible moment that means so much to us. And this is the real reason we celebrate. Today, we have a, a great service planned for you. Our sermon is going to be uh, segmented, so we're going to, to read a part of the story from Scripture, talk about what it means. We're going to worship and sing. We're going to come back and read some more of the story. There's going to be three parts to the sermon, just to make you aware of how things are going to progress. So you're not surprised when I come back and talk more, and you think, well, we got lunch to get to. What is he doing? No, we're, we're planning very, very specifically this, this meaningful time for us to, to respond to the presence of Jesus and lift our voices and, and honor him appropriately today. So I want to invite you now to turn with me to Luke chapter 2 as we move through the the nativity story together. If you have a Bible and you want to read along with me, please do so. The words will be on the screen behind me. If you want to use the version app, use a phone or tablet, open up the app, search under events for Parkview Finley, and you can, you can follow right along in the app if you would like. Let's begin reading together. Luke chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. Now, this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. 
So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And on, the eighth, on the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he was conceived. Now, as we move through our story today, what we want to think about is the way that the birth of Jesus made an impact on the people around him. And we want to think about how his birth, how his, how his presence makes an impact in our lives. So as we, as we begin our story today, I want to, I want to talk about the, the first people outside of that family that were impacted by the presence of Jesus. The shepherds were out living in their fields nearby. And, and the story, after telling us about the birth of Jesus, moves abruptly out into the fields. And we hear about these, these rough, rustic men who are tending their flocks, caring for the livestock. And their, their routine evening is interrupted by an angelic message. I can't imagine what that moment would have been like for these men. These, these men who aren't accustomed to a lot of personal interaction. They're, they're used to living off the land, being among their flocks. And, and I tend to think of the shepherds as, as you know, guys with families who, who took the flocks out into the fields, who would spend their time, care for the animals, and you know, come back to town. But, but Scripture tells us they were living in the fields nearby with their flocks, caring for them, vigilant, watching over, providing for the animals in their care. Now, I've spent some time roughing it. We, when I was a kid, we would go on vacation and we would, we would tent camp at campgrounds, you know, a campfire. We would take all the gear with us, coolers full of food. We would have our, our campfire and, and, you know, sit out under the stars and enjoy nature. It, it was really wonderful. You know, the best thing about roughing it like that is knowing that it's going to be over in a few days. You can go back to your house that's dry with a roof. You can go back to the air conditioning, uh, a, a warm 
dry, cozy bed to sleep in at night. Now, this isn't what the, the shepherds usually expect because they dedicated their lives to their occupation. They're, they're men who live outdoors with their animals. And they carry with them the, the grime of that occupation as a job hazard, I suppose. They carry with them the, the scent of livestock everywhere they go. It's a part of who they are. And so when, when they do happen to come in town, they're, they're men apart for obvious reasons. Yes, they're among the community, but it's, it's rare for them to be embraced. It's rare for them to feel like they really belong because of their lifestyle, because of the impact that they make on, on people when they're around. And, and it's amazing to see the way that these men, were invited to be a part of the story of God unfolding around them, the story of the birth of Jesus. These men who, if you would ask them, would probably say that they were absolutely unworthy to stand in the presence of the Messiah. And yet that's the, the person that, that they're the people that God sent the angel to personally invite to come and experience the presence of Jesus. It's, it's such a unique perspective for us to think about this invitation. Inviting these rustic men to come and stand in the presence of, of Jesus. Now remember, Jesus was, was born in a stable. The shepherds coming into that environment isn't going to be a shock. There's already the scent of livestock. There's already, there's already plenty of dirt around. It's not like they're going to stand out but recognize the, the, the connection here. That shepherds are the ones who are invited to see Jesus, who is our good shepherd. And their lifestyle creates this imagery of what, what it is that God does for us, the way that he cares for us and provides for us, shepherding us as his flock, guiding us, providing for our needs overseeing our lives, protecting us from harm. It's an incredible image for us to think about. And we, we begin to understand how and why these, these men who aren't accustomed to being included like this have been included in the story. In the presence of Jesus, they find that they fit. In the presence of Jesus, they find that they are valued by God. They're given a place in the story, and they're given a place in, in the life of Jesus. A, an incredible perspective for us to think about. Do you, do you recognize what happened in the lives of the shepherds after they experienced the presence of Jesus? Do you see the change in their behavior? They, they encountered an angel. They came in to see for themselves this baby that had been born. And when they left the presence of Jesus... They behaved differently than they did before. They began to seek out people, to tell them about everything they heard. They, as they left the stable and began walking back out to the fields with their flocks, every person they encountered, they ran up to, hey, can you believe what just happened? And these men who are used to being alone, who are used to being apart from people, are now interacting. And they're excited to share the news of, about what they have experienced in the presence of Jesus. They have become bearers of the message that the Messiah 
is here. Unlikely messengers. And because they were willing to be, to be changed by the presence of Jesus, because they were willing to be, to be given this role, they accepted it and took it on. The, the lives of the people around them were open to the idea of Jesus here. And every person who heard them, every person who heard their story about what had been unfolding of the angels and this baby boy, every person was amazed by what they heard. It's the presence of Jesus that motivated the shepherds to praise the Lord and, and to share the gospel, the good news, that Jesus was here. Maybe... Maybe you identify with the shepherds a little bit. Maybe you understand what it feels like to be a part, to feel like you don't belong, to feel like you're unworthy. Maybe you think back in your, in your past and you remember a time where you long to be a part of a group. You long to be a part of a clique, an organization, a, a gathering of friends. And yet, as much as you tried, you felt like people were just keeping you at arm's length. And you began to wonder, what, what is it about me? Why don't I fit? Why am I not worthy? What, what do I have to offer? How, how can I make a, an impact in the world? I mean, what contribution do I have to make? Maybe you're in that place now, and you're struggling with your own sense of worth and identity, wondering, what place God has for you. I'm here to tell you that the place God has for you is, is in his presence. And he's inviting you, no matter what, what place you have come from, no matter what place you are currently in, you are invited into the presence of Jesus. There's a place for you in his presence. A, a place where you, you find your value in the eyes of your creator, where you will be impacted, where you will be changed, where your perspective will begin to change as you understand why he made you the way he did, what, what unique role he has for you to play. And as you experience his presence, you'll find in him a relationship that fulfills you like nothing else ever has or ever will. Like the shepherds, we experience the presence of Jesus and it moves us to worship. It moves us to, to tell this good news about Jesus. And so right now we're going to sing. We're going to lift our voices in praise of God. If you would stand, we'll sing together. Around 
us an angel before us telling of your birth then angels in chorus they sang out before us glory to the lord glory to the lord and peace on earth to With a twinkle in our eyes Let's go to Bethlehem And see the baby like he said Oh, why would he choose to share this good news With each one of us Then we all in chorus We sang out so joyous Glory to the Lord Glory to the Lord
We'll come back into the story of the birth of Jesus in Matthew chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem, and they asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, Where is the Messiah? Where the Messiah was... Oh, yeah. Pardon me. It's early. It's Christmas Eve. My brain got ahead of my mouth. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented them, him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. Now this part of the story provides to us perspective from a different group of people where we were talking about shepherds lowly men in the field, caring for their flocks. Now we're talking about, about powerful, wealthy, influential people. And among them were the wise men, magi from the east. And the wise men honored Jesus as king. They traveled a great distance to honor Jesus as king. They came bearing with them generous gifts. And they came to bow down and worship this child who had been born. These men are educated. They're learned. They have places of, of authority and influence. They're leaders among their people, advisors to leaders among their people. And when they recognized the significance of the moment that was unfolding, when they understood the meaning of this message from Scripture, from prophecy, wherever they heard this news, they made a decision to travel, to, to go out of their way to encounter the presence of Jesus. And they brought with them gifts worthy of a king. And they honored Jesus. That's, that's an attitude of humility. That's an incredible perspective for, for them to, to recognize the authority 
inherent in this child. They came seeking the king of Jews. But this child was so much more than that. And they left their positions of authority. They, they endured this long journey. And when they encountered Jesus, they bowed before him. They humbled themselves. That was the decision they made in the presence of Jesus. But there are others in this story who are also powerful, wealthy, influential people who took a different perspective toward Jesus. Herod is in Jerusalem. And when he heard that the wise men had come, he was greatly disturbed, as was all of Jerusalem with him. And he called together the people's chief priests, the teachers of the law, and he asked them about this, this child that had been born that was, was to be the king of the Jews. And all of those learned, educated people who had the same scripture and prophecy, you know, they said, oh yeah, that's easy. He's in Bethlehem. That's, that's where the, the king is going to be born. They knew. They had no, they had no question about the facts that the, the Magi had followed to, to get there. And even with all of that information, even with that understanding, not one of them made a decision to, to leave the palace, the temple, the, the place where they were to go and find this child. Not one of them was willing to, to leave that position of power and authority. They stayed to defend their place, to make sure that they could maintain their grasp on that influence and power. When we have an opportunity to encounter the presence of Jesus, we have to decide how we're going to respond. Maybe, maybe you identified with the shepherds. Maybe you can also identify with with this group of, of wealthy, influential, powerful people. Maybe you are a leader. Maybe you have a title where you work. Maybe, maybe you are aspiring to, to take hold of influence and wealth. And because of that pursuit in your life, you have this drive, not only to, to gain, but to hold on to what you have. And that drive comes in conflict with pursuing the presence of Jesus. And when we come to a time like Christmas and, and we encounter his presence and we have time off of work, we have time away from people to just be with family, we have to decide how, it, how we're going to approach his presence. If, if we're going to humble ourselves before him, to, to step out of our routine, if we're going to humble ourselves before him and honor him with, with the authority that that belongs to him, and surrender our own will, surrender our own way, surrender our own pursuit to allow Jesus to be Lord of our lives. How will we respond? And will we experience his presence in a way that moves us and changes us? Will we be willing to humble ourselves and open up our lives, open up our hearts, to truly rest in his presence. Let's sing together.
Why don't you remain seated and we'll lift our voices in praise of the Lord. Oh, little town of 
people in these stories of the birth of Jesus that we haven't yet talked about. There are people who are living in and around Bethlehem. There are people whose houses are are nearby. People whose lives are, are played out day after day. With, with the birth of the Messiah, just a few doors away. And many of them have no idea what's happening. Now, some of the townspeople heard from the shepherds. Some of them encountered these, these men on their way back to the fields, and they were amazed at what they heard. They, they were in awe of, of what God was doing. But imagine how many other people lived close by and were absolutely oblivious to the fact that that Jesus had been born in their town. How would they even have known? And what, what kind of impact would the birth of Jesus have on them. We come back into the the first passage we talked about, Luke chapter 2, in verse 15, when when the shepherds encountered the angels. We pick back up in the story. When angels left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But what happened to those people? Did they go and see for themselves? Did they encounter Jesus? Did they see Mary and Joseph around town after that? We don't have any idea. The story doesn't clue us in to how their lives were impacted by Jesus. But there's so many other people who missed what was happening. So many of the townspeople who, who who were there, and yet the presence of Jesus made no impact on them because they didn't hear, because they weren't around, because they didn't see him for themselves. It's very frightening to think about how close they were, and yet 
how much they missed. It's a time of year for us as we celebrate Christmas where many people encounter the presence of Jesus, where we talk freely about what it is to, to believe in Jesus, Savior, Messiah, and Lord. But the impact of his birth varies greatly depending on how open we are to his presence. The impact that he has in our lives is different. And sometimes it, it's different even in our lives from year to year, depending on how open we are to allow the presence of Jesus to make an impact. Sometimes we know that an impact is going to take place, and so we shield ourselves from that impact. We, we try and protect ourselves from what that impact will do. And, and we end up layering, padding in our lives, insulation. And the impact of Jesus is softened because there's so many layers of stuff standing between us and him. Sometimes we pack our lives full of people. And that's a good thing to have great relationships with people. But there are times where we, we, we end up booking so many events, so many parties, so many get-togethers. We surround ourselves with conversations and interactions with people so that we don't have time to be alone with the Lord. We don't have time to work through our thoughts and allow him to, to move in our hearts. Sometimes we pack our lives full of distraction and we have music going, entertainment all the time, social media, and our minds never have enough space to truly encounter the Lord. Sometimes we layer our lives full of events, hobbies, meetings, tasks, things that need to be done. So there's never time for us to slow down and rest in his presence. But each and every one of us, as we encounter the presence of Jesus, has to decide for ourselves how willing we are to let him make an impact in our lives. If we're willing to let him break away those things that are standing between us, if we're willing to let him move in us and change our perspective and, and begin changing our lives as we come closer to him, we need not be afraid of what, what, what it might mean to allow Jesus to impact us significantly so that we can come closer to him. So that we can set aside all those things that we've held on to, all those things that we've packed into our lives and allow him room to rule and to reign. Allow him room to have authority to humble ourselves in his presence. In order to do that, we need to give him time. Uninterrupted, undistracted time so we can fully encounter his presence. So we can fully experience a relationship with him. It's Christmas Eve today. The planning's over. Your gifts are bought. And if they aren't, the stores are closed. <laughs> You have what you're going to have. There's no longer this drive to get stuff done. Yeah, you probably have to clean. Yeah, there's some food to make. But I want to challenge you as a family to let go of the layers, to let go of the, the overwhelming expectations, to let go of all the, the traditions, and the stuff that goes with Christmas, so that together you can experience his presence. 
so you can rest in his presence, so you can allow him room to work in your lives and, and draw you into him and, and to, to mold you together as you celebrate Savior's birth. You have an opportunity to help those that you care about most experience the presence of Jesus. You have an opportunity to experience the presence of Jesus if you're willing to open up your heart, if you're willing to open up your life, if you're willing to leave room for him to work in you. And every one of us has to make that decision, not just because it's Christmas. We have to make that decision every day of our lives. The presence of the Lord is with us. We celebrate it at Christmas, but it never leaves us. And every day, we have the decision to make about whether we're going to pursue the stuff of life or whether we're going to choose to leave room for the presence of Jesus, not only for our sake, but for the good of those we encounter each and every day. This morning, I want to encourage you, focus on him. And I want to invite you to make a decision about your relationship with him. If you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, that today would be the day that you do that. If you know that you have been ignoring him as you've been getting ready for Christmas, if you know that you've put him on the back burner so you could get ready all the stuff that needs to take place so that you can celebrate his birth, would you finally take him off the back burner and let him take center stage in your life and among your family? Would you let him have the place he deserves? This morning, if you have a decision to make, if there's anything in your life that you would like to have prayer for, please come forward as we stand and sing together. Please stand.
Would you please be seated? I'd like to introduce Shana Bader to you. She has come to uh, accept Christ as Lord and Savior and be baptized. And we're excited with her for that decision. So Shana, I'll have you repeat after me your confession of faith. I believe. I believe. That Jesus is the Christ. Jesus is the Christ. The Son of the living God. The Son of the living God. And I accept him. And I accept him. As my Lord and Savior. As my Lord and Savior. This is so good. <laughs> Thank you. 
Would you join me in prayer for Shana? God, we are so grateful for Shana's decision to surrender her life to you, to lead where you follow, follow, to follow where you lead, to experience the, the, the blessing of a relationship with you. God, we're so grateful for the way that you provide grace and love, for the way that you build us and shape us and mold us when we place ourselves in your hands. God, I pray that you continue to surround Shana with uh, support and encouragement uh, from the family of believers here at Parkview, that she would find here a home, that she would find here a place where we are all pursuing you as well. We thank you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. And we'll have uh, Shana prepare for her baptism, and we will continue with a celebration of communion as we focus our hearts and minds on Jesus as our Savior. And this is the role that was spoken of in the, in the story of his birth. As the angels declared to Joseph, you will name him Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. As the story began to unfold, this identity became more and more a part of the, the reality for Jesus and his family and would become the mission that he set his life for, to live a sinless existence so that he could lay down his life for you and for me, to pay for our sins and redeem us from the punishment we deserve, that in him we would find forgiveness and grace. In him we would find that beautiful expression of the love of God drawing us back to him. This morning as we celebrate communion together, what an incredible way for us to focus our hearts and minds on Jesus. Uh, as the trays are passed, I would invite all of those of you who are believers to partake in communion. We just take a stack of cups. The bottom cup will have bread in it. The upper cup will have juice. And as you eat the bread and drink the juice, let them remind you of the body and the blood of Jesus and the grace that he extended to you and to me through his sacrifice. Let me, let me pray for our celebration of communion and then the trays will be passed. And after you've taken a moment to focus your heart and mind, eat and drink when you're ready. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the relationship you extend to us. And God, we are so grateful that you deem us worthy of your love. We're so grateful that you deem us worthy of your grace, that you, you saw fit to send your son to die for us because you love us that much. God, we're so grateful to know the value we have in your eyes. And we thank you in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
We'll continue our worship with the time of offering, and uh, we're, we are uh, excited to express our worship to the Lord in this way. Uh, we give 15% of our general offering to missions locally, regionally, and around the world, and uh, we invite you to be a part of the work that God is doing as we, as we give together in honor of Him. Would you please join me in prayer for our offering this morning? God, we're grateful for the time we have to express our love for you, to praise you, and to worship you as our King. God, we pray that you would use these gifts for your glory, for your kingdom, and that you would continue to work in our hearts to help us put you first above all things. We thank you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. While the trades are passed, there'll be a video announcements on the screen. Good morning, Parkview. Thank you for worshiping with us. We've got a lot of information for you about the events coming up around the church. The Upward Basketball season starts in January and runs through the first part of March, and we need your help to make it a great season. So please see the sign-up sheet at the connecting wall and sign up today. Our Wednesday evening Bible studies will resume January 10th. Those uh, classes are from 6.30 to 8 p.m. for women, men, children, and youth up through eighth grade. If you've not yet been a part of one of those studies and you'd like to dive deeper into scripture or grow closer with uh, one another, it's a great opportunity for you to do so. Please look for more information at the Connecting Wall. Hi, I'm Nikki Campbell. On January 10th, we will kick off our women's winter Bible studies with a class on Bible journaling. I'll be sharing some of the different approaches I have found helpful, and hopefully it will be a blessing to you. The following weeks, we will study 1 Peter together with Pam and Nicole Lang. If you have any questions, see Becca Johnson and sign up at The Connecting Wall. Hello, everyone. I have the pleasure today to announce the winners of our Gingerbread House Decorating Contest. Coming in second place this year were the flannels. Thank you so much for that. And this year, the winners of the 2023 Gingerbread House Decorating Contest is Team Maddie. Thank you so much, everyone who participated. Thank you to those who did the decorating. And thank you so much for everyone who came in and voted. The good news is that we raised $300 this year in the contest to give to the Findlay City Police Department so that they can hand out blankets and stuffed animals, that kind of thing, to help those in need this cold winter season. So thank you so much. If you need more information about any of these events, please stop by the Welcome Center and the connecting wall right behind it. You can find information there and ask any questions that you might have. If you're new with us, we've got a gift for you there as well. Have a great day.
Shana, because of your confession of faith, you're now baptized in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit for the forgiveness of your sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life. Hey, let's all stand and sing together.
Please be seated. We invite our ushers to, to come forward. Uh, we are now going to light our candles together. So hopefully all of you already have a candle with you ready. I would just ask that you uh, light your candle by tipping it toward the lit candle. Please do not tip the lit candle toward another person to light their unlit candle because the wax will go everywhere. If you keep your candle upright, the wax should stay in one primary location, they can bring their unlit candle to you to light the unlit candle and then hold their candle out for another person to light. So our ushers will come down the row, they'll light the candles of those of you on the ends, and would you please pass the light down the, the row of those seated with you. A couple of minor precautions. Uh, when you're singing, if you hold your candle near your face, you might sing the flame out. It's happened before. If, if there is a, a person sitting in front of you that might have some hair product in their hair, please hold your candle back away. Um, hairspray, hair, it's flammable. We don't, we, we'd love for everybody to go home and celebrate Christmas with all of the hair that they came with, as strange as that might sound. Once we have all of our candles lit together, we will join in a chorus of Silent Night and then after the song, we'll extinguish our candles together. I want to express my gratitude to you for worshiping the Lord here on Christmas Eve today. It has been a delight to share this service with you. I know many of you uh, that are new with us are family from out of town, visiting for holidays. We're so glad you're here and that you had a safe trip. I know that there are also some of you who are friends that came today. Uh, we'd love to see you again. I know it's Christmas. Uh, we have a, a service on uh, the 31st. Uh, every Sunday morning, we have services at 9 a.m. and 1045. We'd, we'd love for you to be a part of our church, to come back and worship with us, and to be a part of some of the events that you saw in our announcement video. So thank you for coming, and we hope to see you again soon.
All right. Once once the last rows have had their candles lit, we'll join together in song. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright, round yon virgin mother and child, holy infant so Please use a hand to shield the wax so that no one in front of you gets splattered as you lightly blow out your candles. And again, Merry Christmas. I pray that you will experience a blessing together as a family as you encounter his presence. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Merry Christmas. Yep, you do. Merry Christmas. Great to see you.